All right, all right, all right. I hope everyone is ready for a uh, speed run of this podcast because I am Ungenius. And when we tried recording on Wednesday, it did not, it only recorded the first two parts, which are us talking about. Well, they're really funny. We should honestly release them as outtakes because it's yeah. like, not, not, to, not to toot my own horn, but I have a lot of really good opinions about really shitty horror movies from the early 2000s. They do. They do. I was there. Weird thing to be good at, but there you go. And that is exclusively what we got, which is like, you know, great and fun, but not not technically related to DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So because our um, amazing, it was so funny, it was so cool. So good. So good. It was a fan favorite, and then Todd killed it. It's a lost episode. It's it's literally- You know I love lost episodes. It's a lost episode, but it's It's just a bunch of walk cycles? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lost episode in the fact that, like, literally, it is lost, like, it did not record. So- The only people that have it are the fucking, I guess, are, are the NSA. Well, my memory is shit, so I can't even be like, it's oh, we us? have it in our hearts, because I don't fucking remember anything I said, except <laughs> for, like, what, what was that the, the, the Saw, was weird that the Saw movies turned into a metaphor for the American healthcare uh, industry circa, like, yeah, 2006. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. That was a weird thing to be like, huh, this is what I'm going to bring up in our Comedy Fun Times podcast. But it like, was. There you go. Um, I did not, you know, I, and I just thought of it now, did not get a chance to make the joke, uh, down with the sickness. And now I have. I'm did that. I I really hope they put that in the movies at some point. I don't know if they did. I, I'm gonna. You be know, really, I've never seen I, a soft film. Well, all right. So I guess we're gonna talk. But like, I saw the first one because I wanted to look cool in front of like a friend who was older than me. Um, I don't know if I liked it or not. You, we, Same with the second one. We, I don't remember anything about it except something like like something something haunted house kind of sort of. We had this discussion at the Venture Brothers roundtable, like because everybody was talking about like. Did they think Saul was interesting or not? And you explained this because everybody was really concerned about you because. Oh you no, were that like, was because I told them about the the older guy in my neighborhood that I hung out with when I was like eleven, and I. Uh, yeah, okay. everybody was really concerned about the fact that you had no funny. parental supervision. It was really funny because the two just went so fucking quiet, and I was like, "What? What did I say?" We just stand out on the street and talk. But yeah, I no adult supervision, not even a little bit. Um, oh boy! Yeah, no, not even shit. once. I know, and I I know what you're saying. God, this is really bleak. I thought you guys were trying to speed run this, and the answer is yes. But <laughs> fuck, man! You know, you know sometimes we just got to get a couple good jokes in. Yeah, I, we, we were gonna do a whole bit because I was like, well, since we didn't record it, I have a funny opening bit, and that's well, what is our funny opening bit. What's what is your idea of purgatory gonna be? And then Ari went on a whole thing about how Legends Purgatory is incorrect, it and is. then Catholicism TM Purgatory is actually the following. And then I said the purgatory is just the Westchester Mall, but specifically the back of the Williams Sonoma. The back of the Williams Sonoma is absolutely perfect. Because that's where they keep all their sale items, and it's just kind of weird and like not as pristine back there. Yeah, it's very it's very sad. Like, but there are bread samples. The bread samples are good, but the bread samples are sort of like off to the side by the cash register, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. So they're not necessarily like I want you to try the olive oils. They're they're in they're they're like they're um I don't want to say purgatory. They're like on the edge of paradise. I mean, and this is the thing, if, if I was, if I was inhabited by a demon, number one, um, good fucking luck to you, buddy. Number two, if you put bread samples in my purgatory, buddy, I got all day. Yeah, no, that's the thing is like the store closing thing. Like it'd be like, oh, well, I guess I am just going to die here because there's bread samples. This is fine. I do, you know, you're the one, you're the idiot who put me in a mall. This is my turf. Honestly, this is, this is my homeland. I really, and it's weird because I don't think, but I spent so much of my teenage years at the mall. Like, I yeah. don't think of oh, myself yeah. as a mall rat, but like, I totally You just was. went there just so you could look in the stores. Just so you could walk around and talk and hang out. And like, yeah, there's totally a thing we have to talk about in terms of like, 
there are no public spaces in America anymore where you can sort of just hang out without being expected to buy stuff. Um, and that's a really big problem. And I guess you could do the library, but you do have to be quiet. Well, the library, you have to be quiet. So, like, I would go to the library to hang out by myself. Like, if I did just want to be alone and read books, which was most of the time, I would go to the library and be alone and read books. But, like, you can't do that with, like, a big group of rowdy teenagers. Like, the only place you can really have is the mall. And uh, that's really it. Yeah, malls are dying. Yeah, and, ma- and now malls are dying. So, I guess we're all just going to sit inside and play video games. And, like, that's finally. That's fair. I mean, I guess. Living the dream. Finally, we can all we can all just never speak to each other yeah. again. This is what I've been waiting for. Okay, last dream. part of the opening bit was that joke I made up today, which was, who would win, an ancient and powerful rage demon or Nate? Ten billion lions. <laughs> or Nate's Brooklyn rage. Brooklyn? All right. Oh, Jesus. Let's go into the episode. We really do have to stop making Yu-Gi-Oh! the abridged series references. I will when I'm dead. And I don't mean that because, like, I think it's just more like I'm, like, I really am horrified and disquieted immensely by the fact that some people listening to this might not have been online, like, when these things were, like, What, you mean in 2006? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do mean in 2006. Ooh, don't like that shit. Yeah, and now we're gonna get an ask, like, I was three, and I'm gonna be like- (laughs) And I'm just gonna have to just drive into a fucking bus. I can't fucking help you, buddy. I hate it so much. It is so awful. Like, and I mean, like, it's not your fault for being, like, an infant. Like, I can't have- Like, it's not like- But it is incredibly disconcerting. Ooh, I got some- All right. Uh, yeah, Ari is also, because we are literally recording this as (laughs) I am- just giving up. We are recording this. Literally, I am pinning shit for Ari's costume right now, and I can't run my sewing machine, which I'm upset about, because then that would just be bad audio, and at least and even, and even I can recognize that. Yeah. But Ari is also, like, sort of playing, they're doing I'm, a replay I'm, of I'm Dragon crafting. Age. I'm, cra- I'm literally here to romance Dorian, and I know if, if some of you have followed my Twitter, you might see that it's like nothing but bad things to say about Dragon Age, and you know what? That's valid. However, that's my husband. So well, and here's here the thing: are. compared to what we now know about Avengers Endgame, you know I guess Bioware sorry. was good. I guess I owe Dave Bioware an apology. I'm Listen, sorry, we might man. we're not going to discuss um, Avengers, whichever one this Your is. Your tastes are terrible. I apologize for, for nothing. Na- Listen, that truly anybody who enjoys Endgame or is trying to be like it was a good movie, yeah, I literally am. No. Your tastes are, are terrible, terrible, and I, I apologize, apologize for, for nothing. nothing. Um, I don't really know if we're going to, we're not going to like talk about it in detail, but we might bring up energy. a spoiler as like a joke or something. So yeah, honestly, do, it's not, the reason they're so worried about you finding out spoilers is because it's not a good movie. It's just full of a lot of twists. Yeah. So you really shouldn't be, you know, I understand people are worried about spoilers and have emotional attachment, but I'm right. Yeah. And um, everyone else is wrong. I also have emotional attachment, but honestly, it's probably for, if I'd been spoiled for the first Avengers, I don't know if I'd had, I'd have had the quite, I had a mental like, I had a full, like, PTSD meltdown. Like, I'm not using that word as a joke. Like, I mean, I was incoherent. It was bad. So I feel like getting spoiled for things like that is actually probably not I mean, a bad I thing. Got, I got spoiled. We all kind of got spoiled for the fact that Zarya and they were going to get together. And I like Legends enough where I was like, oh, I'm interested to see how this happens. Well, yeah. And this was actually something we were talking about a little bit where I was like, I was... I I almost like spoilers in the context where I know a little bit of what's what, but I don't know the full story. Like the Inquisition, the, the, the example I brought up 
was an inquisition where like before I was like, I know Blackwall lied about being a warden, but I don't know why. And then I found out and the reason was really stupid. And I have no <laughs> thoughts about that. But the feeling of like, oh, I, I got I didn't know the right. whole story was actually very good because it made it almost better. To, it was a different kind of shock than just mm-hmm. not knowing the whole thing at all, where it's almost like too much to process. Well, but thinking like, you know something and being proven wrong in a story can be really good. If your movie doesn't have a rewatchability factor, then what then the fuck is the point? That was my big beef with Frozen too, aside from a thousand other problems. But like, yeah, like when you when your whole movie relies on like a big twist thing. Um, and you take so many careful pains, like even in the narrative to not have it come out and be like an, like a thing, then it just sort of destroys the rewatch because you don't actually enjoy the story. And there's a very good solution to this. And that is to just, you know, like, write Well, yeah, but unfortunately, or you can do the Homestuck thing and just throw a bunch of, um, unrelated red herrings into the plot and introduce so many bullshit plot points that it doesn't, you can resolve half of them and still have left people guessing forever. And it'll be fine. You can do that too. Yeah, so and then Mari's, it could be a raging transphobe. Yeah, so yes. I don't want to talk about Hussey it. Hussey is dead to us. Hussey's, I mean, Hussey was never. Actually, Hussey was never alive. Hussey never would have been good, but like, ooh, that was really bad. I don't want to talk about so it. And so Toby Fox will be angrily moving out of Hussey's basement any day now. And he's got, he's got a lot of stuff to pack up in his defense. Um. Okay. Legends. This what was the this okay. This was I the twelfth episode of the fourth season, and I titled it "I Am Apathetic to My Heterosexual Dead Dad." Yeah. No, my dead heterosexual. I am apathetic to my hetero to my dead heterosexual dad. I, it, I the title I, will be in the in the listing. I we couldn't. I do. I do still love the ballad of uh, Mikey T, though. We did uh, the other <laughs> that one. We can remember. In All right. You know what? That's the fucking thing. The the title of this episode is the ballad of Mikey T. The speed run of Mikey T. <laughs> the speed and the ballad. It is called the ballad of Mikey T because. Mikey T is a character with Mikey so T is a character so upsetting. upsetting. <laughs> it's so bad. I know that in our I know that in the last episode we talked about we, how it was very that Nick Zano saying someone else sounded like they were from the Sopranos was really was fucking really, rich. Was really rich coming uh-huh. from him. Like shut the fuck up, Nikki. And like, and then I also said that like you know HBO is doing a Sopranos like prequel, and I do truly I feel that, they were doing that I truly feel that Nick Zano should like be on that because he deserves to have something like that serious that'll get him like a goddamn award because he's that good. And Phil, you know, holding on, and I understand that everybody loves him, and we all love him so much, but, like, please let Nick, like, every one day, one day, we're all gonna have to move on to bigger and more serious things. And he's gonna have to be Tony Taponi in the Sopranos reboot, and, like, whatever, I Tony guess. Manicotti. Tony Manicotti in the Sopranos reboot. Uh, Steve Buscemi was in the Sopranos. Steve Buscemi has probably been in everything. He's a well, yeah. He's a character actor. I that's why I got a I got a soft spot for character actors because it's like they're always there. You never know where they're going to turn up next, and it's always um, so delightful. We have a friend, and she's a little paranoid, so I'm not going to mention her name. Yeah, but she like knows like she went to school with Steve Buscemi's kid. Like he was there at like the school ice skating parties. <laughs> that's honestly a bad. That's actually <laughs> where I would expect to see Steve Buscemi. Like yeah. whenever he's like, yeah, I'm just like, oh yeah, there he is. Like, I'd be more, I'd be less surprised to run into Steve Buscemi at, like, a trade fair than I would be, like, actually seeing him in a movie. Oh, my God. Oh, Steve hey, what's Buscemi. up, man? Does, no- does Noelle Stevenson ever appear in your kitchen to talk to you about Cat Dora? <laughs> Has this happened to you? There's got to be a better way. Get, has needlessly, has needlessly slutty BTS ever shown needlessly. up? Your, um, what the f- 
Boys, boys, get get out of Jungkook, get off, get get out of the PS4. Every time, but, every time I have to, I I have to put my thumb over over Jungkook when they do the Dionysus dance, and oh, I so swear exciting. to God, Taeyong and Jimin, thin fucking ice. Yeah, no, it's like thin hey, ice. Hey, remember how like Elvis Presley did like a couple of, like weird gyrations, and everyone had like a collective fucking ass attack, and then. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, your food was really funny. But like, <laughs> it is pretty good. Sorry. But um, what was, what was, right. What even happened this up? Does it matter? Okay, I'm going to summarize the episode for okay. you. And we're going to do it correctly. Okay. Number one, Mikey T, who Ari may or may not be related to. We had a um, Mikey T, um, we, we were unsure if Mikey T is an actor or if he is just, just a friend of Nick Xanos. Were like we were perfect. we were very we were unsure. It was really upsetting. Um, in addition, in addition, so we have the um, Ava is in purgatory and Ava's purgatory is um, IKEA. We have Ray and Nate, and also John and Nora. Those two plots kind of happen at the I same time, that. and then yeah, that was actually now that you say that temporally, I wasn't really sure what the fuck they were doing because like. They were supposed to be happening at the same time, but like Nate was with Ray, and then Ray was also with like Constantine and Nora. And it's like I, I guess Ray was just running in and out of rooms a lot this episode. I mean, thankfully everybody in this show now has a teleporter watch, so it's yeah. Essentially, we can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah. I just want to say also that the fact that Legends of Tomorrow has done less, like their time travel makes more sense in comparison to Avengers Endgame, and. <clears throat> What does that te- like like you you did it guys? <laughs> Fucking hate it. You know, get get out the ticker tape. Get out. We the, got him. Get exactly. We got him. We did it. Give we Legends of Tomorrow next city. next season the budget one billion dollars. We're gonna do it. One billion dollars. We're gonna do it. One billion bison dollars. <laughs> the bank ring. Who will send I kidnap their queen? But um, <laughs> what was the? Okay. Okay. So, So, and then the C plot is Zari trying to send one single text to Nate. Yeah. Who, again, and and this is what's so, like, and you mentioned that it's actually really kind of cute and funny that Zari and Nate were, like, really cool and chill and honest with each other as, like, friends. Yeah. And now that they're both kind of, like, interested in each other, they're suddenly like, I have forgotten how to do everything. Yeah. A person knows how to do. Yeah. Which is, in its own way, also kind of endearing. They're suddenly like, oh, I hate interacting like that. Because they're also, yeah. I also kind of think that maybe in their heads when they interact with each other, they're, they're like. They're thinking about Amaya. They're thinking about Amaya. They're like, huh, I wonder if they were like this with Amaya. Oh, please don't. I, I like, wonder. I wonder. Oh, son of a fuck. You know Sorry. what? Which one of you ass dicks doesn't have, do you have like seven mages? No, no. I actually did. Okay. I did before. It was, it was, it was because I always play a mage. Um, because I, I what is bull? War- yeah, bull's a mage. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Maybe that <laughs> was my fault. That was my fault. I understand that. Okay. No, bull's a warrior and Cole's a rogue. Even though he's like a spirit, but like, and he possessed the body of like a little mage boy. So I'm like, wait, why doesn't Cole use magic? And I fuck you, fuck you. I'm Dave Bioware, and I say fuck you. I think it's mostly because like they also wanted him like not using also because we ran out of space for mages because we have Viv, Souls, and Dorian, and that's you can't have a fourth. <laughs> Did mage. you see that fucking thing I sent you? That was like, thank you, Morrigan. Thank you, Anders. Fuck you, Solace! <laughs> and yeah, that's about how I feel about the whole situation. Anders uh, didn't go far enough. I remember like the when like way back when in like the 2013 discourse and people are like, was it right or wrong? And now I'm just like, how many more Chantry should he have blown up? 
Like that's where we've hit now, and I'm getting attacked. And I don't. I just. I just wandered into here, which is kind of the magic of playing this while I'm doing this podcast. Where I'm just like, ah, I am blindly wandering into danger. Anyway, um, so Ava smashes a Nornas over the closest person's head, <laughs> and um, and okay, so Ava and Sarah are in the IKEA, and someone says first blood over the speakers. <laughs> that starts purgatory. Now I I want to put if they were in IKEA the entire we didn't do one dining hall bit we didn't do one bit about the meatballs. You're right. Not one bit about the meatballs. I, that's weird. And I think and I understand that like yes they wanted to show Ava Lance as a healthy and progressing relationship, but also the meatballs. Well, and, you could have you could have totally done something like now that you say that it's like yeah you could have had it be like oh they have different food tastes or like oh Sarah's. Ava's trying to pressure Sarah into eating healthier food because she wants her to be around longer. Like, you totally could have turned that into, like, a bit. You could have turned that into a bit, but you know what it probably is? I don't think if Nick Xana was near a Swedish meatball, he probably just fucking loses it. Yeah. No, he probably sure. just goes They're very good, but I don't think of them as meatballs. Like, I don't think, like, you can say, and I'll be like, yes, a, a, like a spherical meat orb. But like, I won't <laughs> a Swedish <think> meat orb. <laughs> I don't think of it like the way I think of a meatball. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Okay, so, so we had the Swedish meat orbs. Well, no, we didn't have the Swedish meat orbs. Um, <laughs> fuck, the, meat fuck orbs. these Swedish meat orbs in Xano 2019. <laughs> fuck them. Um, um, whoa, what? And, okay, so, and that happened. That, that happened Okay, so show. I think the other important thing is, is like, the fucking, they really went for it on the theme park bit. I thought they weren't yes, going to do it. I, really I was thought. so, the... This was a really excellent part of the opening, is Nick Zano fucking going, Gary, we have to destroy all the evidence of my dad's stupid theme park. So good. And I was like, wow. Oh, they're really doing it. I'm like, wow. I feel seen. I feel heard. They're really going for it, huh? (laughs) I feel understood. I just had a fucking pair of scissors right in front of me, and I can no longer... Yes! Thank you! How did you know? Uh, good question. I'm on America's Got Talent, and my talent is my ability to fucking put something down in front of myself. I mean... And then immediately fucking forget where I put it two seconds later. To be fair, big same. And and it's just fucking the judges on America's Got Talent. I don't know who... I don't... I don't... I don't know who those are. I'm gonna say Howie Mandel, but I don't think he's there. (laughs) Swatch the dog. It's just Howie Mandel. It's Howie Mandel. My dad. Um, like when your dad got really mad at us for buying stuff from Forever 21, which was really, not even like mad mad, but just in a really funny way where I was just like, this is, I don't think you realize how comical you're being. And that's why I really love what's going on right now. Classic, classic family moments. So good. TM, 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 TM. Heritage moments. Um, we had some good heritage moments this episode. We had, um. We had that, that dragon arch that you cannot Afford. All right, yeah, let's talk about the dragon arch for just one moment. Just one moment, please. It looks, it's that kind of CGI that you know is incredibly expensive, but is not expensive enough to not look unbearably tacky. Like, and the thing is, it does, one, look unbearably tacky, and two, like, could we just have built something? I mean, I don't know. This is really stupid for me to say, like, can we just have built a prop? Like, there's- I asked Nate to build a stable. Like, there's so much shit that goes into it. I understand that. But on the other hand, it's like, like... literally anything else. It would have also been funny if they showed up and the only thing that's been built is, like, it's like one wall. Yeah. That could have been... We could have made it work, everybody. Yeah. You just have to believe in yourselves. 
Like, I get why they didn't, but it was also kind of, like, why was... Th- if the arch had looked better, like, if they'd done a full gate, and, like, you would have been better off doing just, like, a big wooden sign that said, like, Hey World on it, mm-hmm. where you would be like, oh, okay, I understand what they're going for here, and that would have been You so know, bad. here's the thing. When I do architecture, and you know me, I'm an architect. I'm like Neil Breen. I was... Fuck you. I was going to say just like Neil Breen. God damn it. Neil Breen, who has some very concerning viewpoints. <laughs> really just getting worse as they go along. Neil, I mean, it's the thing where it is concerning, but I also cannot fucking tell what they, what they, yeah. what they are. I know these are not good political beliefs, but I'm also like, I could not tell you where. Like, they, you know that, like, that I fucking four, four, that four square green yes. political compass meme? I don't know where he is. Yeah, exactly. All I know, I'm, I'm on the goth, I'm on the goth side. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on the uh, third I'm- panel lost side, I <laughs> I'm definitely bursting through the doors. I'm the first. I'm the first left panel. I'm the top left on Lost. Author, it cannot authoritarian right wing. No, I just meant personality wise. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I'm talking about. I'm talking about what Lost oh, JPEG. Oh, looks I'm like. definitely. I'm um. I'm uh. The fucking. I'm the new version of the fourth panel that Tim Buckley put in because I think he thought people were laughing with him and not at him. It was at. And it was at you. It was at you the entire time, my good bitch. But like, um, the only one asked the appropriate distance <laughs> to interview his magnum opus, plainly titled <laughs> Lost. What? Tim Buckley famously replied. And then blocked me. Okay, um, wait. Okay, oh. so I think the number one problem we have, because this is like the 4,000th time we've tried recording this at this point. This is a not a bad episode, but it is a breather episode. And it's, yes. so it's very, and it's like good we needed that because this past couple of episodes, like I've been talking about for a while now, have been very like, here's eight different ideas and concepts and we're going to make you work for every single fucking one of them. And like, that sucks and I hate it. So having that not be that way is like really good. Um, for my sanity, but also really not, like, it's not as fun to talk about, I gotta admit. Like, yeah, I mean, I kind of knew going into this that this, because it was the Avalon's Making Up episode, was gonna be a breather, because that's kind of bread and butter. Yeah. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, There's and I know... There's something very nice about the fact that, like, yeah. a queer couple is, like, a sapphic couple is, like, the bread and butter of this show, I will say. Like, and, and I know, and I know that, um... One of the writers who worked on this episode, I think, is their um, script coordinator, and I think this was her first episode. Good for her, and she did an excellent job. Yeah, it was. Everybody was really super solid, in character. Like, and shit. Yeah, everyone was super in character. It was very. There were when it was Metaphors. emotional. It was really emotionally satisfying. Yeah. So, like, um, only kudos, but also. And maybe it's just because we're so scrambled this week, but, like, we were just like, oh, thank God, this is a breather. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. Like, as much as it also makes it hard to talk about, on top of the other 8,000 goddamn things we're doing, I'm kind of glad it was, like, a breather. Because if I'm this manic talking about a breather, a breather episode, I do not want to fucking think about what I would have been like otherwise. Um, I just, and here's the thing. So we have the plot of Nate and Ray um, being Nate and Ray, which is always really sweet always and good. very good to see. We have, and I also just, um, no, I'll get into that in a moment. Um, I think maybe we should just talk a little bit more about Ikea outside of the fact that they did not have meatballs. Yeah. I mean, what I really liked about it is it was actually, like, genuinely a bunch of very good representations of, like, they were all very good metaphors for, like, domestic anxiety, and it was done in a really interesting way. Like, I got it, like, I, credit where credit is due. It was really good. It was really well handled. It was really creative. Um, and it was very what's the word for 
I not so much a word, but when they when they had the two of them assembling IKEA furniture, I was like, ah, oh, clever. Like that was fun. The mattress bit was really cute. The mattress um, bit was really I thought really that was cute. really cute. Um, also because all of our friends were like adults, because I essentially got a mattress when I was at IKEA with Tim. Because Ikea mattresses are fairly reasonably Might priced. Might be something here. Oh, do you mean like the giant fucking glowing rift in the fuck? You know what? Whatever. Fine. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, we found a rift, everybody. Yeah. Everybody no, take a it, shot. I knew I knew it was there, but it is kind of fun. All right. Um, um, but yeah. I, how does how did mattress going go? Um, no, because now we got that queen size bed from Tim and his parents because his parents were moving. And that came with a mattress. And of course, Tim's mom bought it. So it was a really nice. It's a really nice mattress. So it's I was so just good. like, nice, solid. I mean, you're you're sleeping on the IKEA mattress now. How's that? It's 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 still a good mattress. It's very creaky. It's the only thing. That's because we have um slats instead of a bed. Which I don't mind. It's not like a big deal, but it is one of those things where I'm just like I turn over and I'm like, oh my god, I'm waking up the entire house. I'm a monster. How could anyone put up with me? Like, because the good news about that is that like Tim could honestly sleep. Tim could through, sleep through like the fucking end of the world. I could which I essentially get. be getting murdered, and Tim would wake up in the morning like, and it would still take him like the full thirty minutes where he has to like. Sort of start waking up to, before he gets out of, and then he'd realize I was murdered. It won't hurt me. It's friendly fire. Oh, so you think you? I I love you. Love you. I can't even be mad at you. That's my son. That's my beautiful boy. Um, but yeah, like Tim. Tim will sleep like the dead, which is really good. But no, it's not like a bad mattress. I will say this: like, there's a reason that IKEA has become so like culturally significant, and it's because it is like cheap and pretty decent for you know for the price you're getting. You're getting a decent enough product, and yeah. real furniture is expensive. That's very true. I mean, and there's a lot of stuff, and I, and sometimes when I'm like Sarah Lance at something, and I very heavily, like, and I found truth in it, I should probably tell my therapist about this. Yeah. Because this has happened to me now, like, twice in the span of two weeks. Yeah. Well, she's grown a lot. But she has grown a lot, and, like, them acknowledging sort of that Sarah does still have some immaturity to her was really refreshing. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, she leads the team, but there's still a lot about herself that I think she's not always... Um, able able to express it's not even like because she doesn't trust the legends but because yeah she kind of has been thrust into like the Michael Bluth role in this whole fucking thing yeah we realized that today and we were just like yeah it was really huh oops that's weird but that's basically like where she's stuck with now and like I feel bad for her because like that's a lot to be dealing with for someone who used to be like the wild and crazy younger sibling who kind of get away with anything and do whatever so I don't think, she, I think she wants them to have faith in her and not worry about her. And so like, she doesn't really get to express these vulnerabilities anymore, but they're yeah. still there. And so it was a very nice acknowledgement that like, yeah, as much as she's had to grow up, it's not complete. And she still has these moments of vulnerability and doubt. And Ava's very good at drawing the, those out of her in a way that isn't aggressive or hurtful. Yeah. I mean, everybody was very in character this episode in a way that was super super satisfying yeah because you get stuff like you know that we were a little concerned about ava standing up for like you know no hank didn't do anything wrong and you turned your back on me and i'm fine with torturing magical creatures yeah and for her to say like no i just retreated to my corner because i was scared i just panicked yeah like that was really good and it makes perfect sense it does it's also like a high key autistic thing which i really love um, um yes love that trans autistic lesbian yes and i was like and i and then i said that jess mccallum said she wants to be the first um woman to play the riddler she's too pretty you don't I, have and do i was that. like one you're too pretty two you're too athletic three love this woman's dedication to playing trans autistic characters yeah but like also yeah you are way too athletic like the, the allyship edward Digma, not an athletic man 
Um, Gotham season finale, the series, I'm so sorry, the Gotham series finale, let me go cry, um, was last night. It was very, that was also very emotionally satisfying for me. Good. So as someone who isn't a Marvel fan, this week has actually been quite good. Um, for me. I can't even, like, you said, and I'm like, it's, it's, I'm a Marvel fan of the things that I can just be like, anyway, that's my continuity. I made it myself with my own two hands. It's little and broken, but still good. And that's (laughs) about it. Um, because these the movies are bad. Anyway, um... You also get a lot of, um, really, really good, powerful Nora moments yes. this week. I love Nora so much. I feel like I don't talk about it enough on this podcast, but, like, I fucking love her. She has such a good character. Courtney Ford plays her so well. Like, she is the exact... She's... I, you know, she is... She does actually remind me a lot of Morgan, which, oh boy... But, um, she really does. She really does. But like, cause I was about to, I'm like, no, I love like, s- like snarky secret soft side goth witches. I'm like more, you're just, you're just, you dumb bitch. But, um, first of all, Brandon could cosplay a really good Alistair. And I'm literally going to really kill myself more. and I will, I'm driving somebody, will kill All right. Both. I'm going to need um, somebody to send them a carrier pigeon. Yeah. Uh, smoke signals. But, um, it's the sort of thing. Don't where, tell them it was us. Don't. Yeah. No. It, we're we're already too close. I I don't. I don't. We're too close. We, we're I, too I, close. I, I can't. I just can't. Do okay. It. Now the crab is getting aroused. <laughs> Shut it down. Crazy. But like, I love her so much. She is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much, and like, she still has so much room to grow and develop. And I am so excited to see where that goes. And this episode was a very good start. And it's a minor thing, but like, what I like is like when she and John were first dealing with Neuron. And they're bickering, and she's like, "We're getting angry. We're getting angry." Like she like was clearly aware that it was like magic, magic, and she was being pushed to interact interact with John in a way she didn't want to because she's already been you know brainwashed and used as a vessel before. But it was very good that she was like aware of it and the person to shut it down. Like emotional intelligence moments like that where I'm like, "Oh, I love you." There was that, and like, and the fact that when she goes down to talk to Neron, you know that she's planning something. Yes. Like, I have, you're already, like, the show has established enough good faith in this character that you know that this is going to be part of a larger plan. Yes, they're not just blind. And then you're fumbling. like, and you know that Ray is probably going to fumble it for her somehow, but, like, she does have a plan. Yeah, she has and a that's, plan. And that's the thing. It's like, yes, I can, I can predict, sort. you can predict sort of the basic beats of that. Yeah. But that doesn't make it any less sort of interesting or satisfying to watch. Yeah, inherently, there are, like, maybe 10, 12 narratives ever. It's how those narratives are executed. The characters that are doing them, the way those characters grow and change in response to those narratives, that really are what draw you in. It doesn't have to be a new, like, there's not that many new plots. You don't have to worry about whether your plot is new. You just have to worry about whether your characters are good. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. The other Thank thing. You. You're welcome. The other, I just, I just said that because I'm tying the rings for your belt together because so that's a quiet thing I can do and yes. I, it takes, and I can get that out of the way. Somehow this is my fault. No, Even you're totally, you're totally golden. Just, I'm, I'm um, if I don't find your, if I don't find your fucking corset though, I'm going to literally, I'm going to. We're going to be able to devote more time to looking for it tomorrow. Hopefully. I'm going to, I'm going to rip my, I'm going to rip my eyelashes out one by fucking one. Uh, <laughs> I would not recommend doing that in any way, shape or form. Okay. Um. I would actually like to mention Who's that- hitting Dorian? What the fuck? How did- Sorry, the low health note- Where- Where's- Do- Oh my god, I lost- Nobody lose. I, I lost both the contact lens of my husband. No, but seriously, where's Dorian? Oh boy. I can't find- 
They did, in fact, lose a contact lens. Oh, there in their oh, okay, okay. okay. We're good. We're good. Gift. Sorry about that. Sorry roller coaster. about that roller coaster. I panicked because the low health thing came up, and I was like, "What's happening?" I thought I was getting attacked. Oh, the NYPD is a yeah, terrorist organization. <laughs> Sorry, every time I make a uh, every time I make a B nine nine reference, I now also have to say Be like, one "Hey, horrible, the cops are complicit I, in so many." Yeah, I have to things. say one uh, horrible thing that the NYPD has actually been involved in. Too many. So you know, um. I just you Yay. just gotta you just gotta balance it out. You just yeah. gotta balance it out. Just, it's all about that work life balance. Um. <laughs> so, what in the fuck were we even? We talking were talking. About? About- I'm sorry. This is my fault too. So I shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> no, it's Dorian's fault. It is Dorian's fault. Fucking Stay close horse to me. Boy. Jesus Christ. Fucking, Fucking horse. Off- horse. That's so funny to me because like the, to Venture, they don't ride horses as much. Like they they ride Draculas mostly. Ow! What oh the god. These fuck are- is a Dracula. Drac- Dracul- Draculus. Actually. I'm not going to say it correctly. It's, it's the dragon horse. It's, fucking, it's I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I disrespected it. It is sick as fuck. I think I can probably show you one. It just, I would have to wait till I get back to my house. And then please don't eat Draculus. it. Draculus. I do, I do love. Own I, everything. Yeah. But okay, um, Dracula so, wouldn't even touch that with Wolfman's teeth. <laughs> Dracula, the best. <laughs> the the absolute best. best. Honestly, Still honestly, good. John Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> on it. like John has a lot of like Grim and Mandy vibes, especially since he is kind of their Grim at this point. Which he is so really good. is. He's... Really is. They they have to do a musical episode with Swamp Thing to decide <laughs> who gets to keep him. <laughs> There's Swamp Thing that is just a guy in a camo snuggie with a long beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wait, I I think I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week because that's when they sang. Um, remember when Dominic Purcell said if we do a musical episode, that's my episode off? Yeah. And we only and saw really Mick. Wasn't. We saw Mick for like five. It wasn't even a musical episode. They had one number, and yet we still only saw Dominic Purcell for five fucking minutes. Yeah, he was like, nope, not even, not even, not even, not even once. <laughs> not even once. Musicals, not even once. Fuck you. And I, I, and you like, know, and I, what's, this is I, like the football <laughs> player that spoiled Endgame for people, and all the nerds were mad. It's like, what are you going to do? Fight me? Honestly. Like, listen, I, shits. I will say this. I could, a, a team of crafty theater nerds could probably take on Dominic Purcell, but it would be like a Home Alone scenario where they'd have to utilize, like, traps and cunning more than, like, And they'd have force. to, and they'd have to not get horny for him, and you know. And that's, I think, really, yeah, the fundamental problem is too many theater majors would want to fuck Dominic Purcell. And I'm just like, first off. As- <laughs> Dominic Purcell hearing this just throws his computer out the window. He, like, puts a hit out on us. <laughs> that's fair at this point. I, you know, this is only somewhat due to your podcast. There are multiple reasons for this. And, like, truly, the yeah. fucking story of our lives. Okay, to get back to the episode, what I really enjoyed about this episode is that there were a lot of it was very good also in building a foundation because yes. sometimes we've come for legends and said where was the foundation for this yeah and i think that's all we do and also because like yeah it's i i respect i gotta say i respect that they were like we're gonna do this incredibly stupid thing of having nate get a theme park from his dad that he's trying to reconcile with and then we're gonna keep doing it we're gonna we're gonna commit to the bit and like it was an insane everybody it's, it's a balls um, wild bit but I respect the commitment everybody fucking I hope you I I said something like I hope you reviewed those acting VHS tapes I sent you and the joke is not that people on the show are bad actors the joke is that Phil gives horrible advice yeah honestly I truly love the persona Phil Clemmer that we have created yeah where he's like, like like where he's like not only the executive producer but he also writes and directs every single he, episode. Well, like I said, I said it last episode. I think because mm. I called him. I called him this. This show's uh, 2006 era P. Wentz, but like, which is which is great. But I he is the face of the show in terms of like who's the not like not the actor face, but like the yeah, people that's, involved. That's Brandon and Katie. Yeah. 
um, which is really funny because they are two very, like, two wildly different heights where it's like... Yeah, I'm like, why, you know what, the branding, the branding department, that's why Katie is always in the foreground. Yeah. And he's always a little bit in the background. Like, they always have to put him in the back corner because otherwise no one can... Because, like, if they, what are they going to do? Put him up next to, to young Gusty and the guy who's dying oh, shit, and, uh, Melissa Benoist. Known white supremacist Melissa Benoist. Like, they can't do that. He, he outheights all of them. He outheights all of them. I was also, I'm sorry, every time that you bring up Grant Gustin now, I am so haunted sorry, please. by the fact that he's from New Jersey. Because really you may does... refer to him as Gruston or Young Gusty. I, I don't, <laughs> G-Money, whatever. But, like, I really do hate that he is from New Jersey because it makes so many other aspects of his personality. Like, I couldn't really quite get a bead on why he was such a douchebag, and then he said that. <laughs> I knew he was, but I was like, that's a lot of ego for someone who's not very attractive and not very a good actor. And then he reminds he's from New Jersey, and I was just like, oh, okay. So he's like the negaverse Nick Zano, where he's like, that's the thing, is when you- They're have- friends. They're friends, and we're gonna, and they're gonna tell on us, and Grant Gustin is gonna get mad. You know what? I'm gonna stand by it. Grant, he's very Grant Gustin is very sensitive though, and I do kind of feel that because as someone who also, um, according to my therapist, is very bad at taking criticism. And I was rejecting sense of dysphoria is like a thing for people of ADHD. Like that's fair. Uh, and also, growing up in dysfunctional environments don't help. Uh, don't. What does that mean? I don't understand uh, that. I'm fine. I'm, out of here. Yeah. So. Oh, God damn it. I uh, now I'm just fucking. I'm gonna go to space. I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> the fact that like Augustine is a New York Giants fan, I'm like, I hate that too. You know what? I don't want to be in Fuck this you. with you. I don't want my mother to be in this with you. I, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to see you or be seen. Oh, I gave it to Dorian. You know what? Like, because this is a, this is a collective tragedy. This is a collective tragedy. The New York I, Giants are a collective goddamn tragedy. The New York Giants. My, the Yankees fucked up the game on Easter. Like, they, like, went from, like, having, like, a 5 nothing, like, a 5 nothing lead to, like, completely blowing it. Who'd they lose and, to? Uh, the fucking, like, some fucking podunk team from Kansas. Like, wow. The, like, my family was so angry about it where I was like, hey, do we have anything else we could be addressing right now? Literally, oh, this is very pretty, I I mean, it does feel very, it does feel very Italian-American. It does. They were, like, personally offended, like, Derek Jeter, who isn't even on the team anymore, had, like, done this to wrong and spite them, like, specifically. You know what that means? We gotta go to Babe Ruth's grave. We gotta take it to the grave, boys. take it to the grave, boys. Like, I mean, yeah, like, I feel like after the Yankees fuck up a game, like, they have to, like, go to Babe Ruth's grave grave and explain how badly they fucked up. Like, it's like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. It's like how they have Walt Disney's big portrait in every Disney staff room. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, yeah, you have to go explain to the babe why. Okay, why okay, here's the thing. We won't, we, we fucking. Remember how we said we were going to stay on topic this time? I forget, I forget. <laughs> Shut I know, I mean, okay, it's mostly back. my fault. No, but... we're doing my thing, we're okay. doing my thing. <laughs> Shut up, we're doing my thing. Okay, Ray I want to talk was... about Bird Loop right now. <laughs> Ray, shut <laughs> the fuck up, I hate you. <laughs> okay, so Ray was talking Ray about was fucking so... up Nora's plan. Which no, he didn't mean to, but he no, did. No, he did. He did fuck that thing up he with his up. with his beautiful big body. And his, his beautiful big dick. But like he didn't. God, mean she's so, <laughs> so fucking it really, And I got I literally got an ask that was like, Legends put Brandon Roth in those tight pants, like doing it for us. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, no. I feel like it had to have been a costuming decision because I don't think he would buy those for himself. No, and I think it's a sort of, I, I wanna know if it was a deliberate decision to put him in pants that tight. Or they were like, we don't, we literally don't have anything else. Were we size. out of pants? We were absolutely out of pants. And they were like, I'm sorry, this is all we have left. 
you kind of got a deal. Oh, you know what probably happened? Oh, Jesus. He put his jeans in the wash. And, and they shrunk. Them. Oh, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> we mean? asked Nick Zano to do laundry once. Oh. What fucking happened. <laughs> Never again. Never again. Um, Ray was really good to his friends that have had bad parents oh, yeah. this week. And, and one of the oh, things really about bad. this week um, is that we see a lot of relationships explored in new and intimate ways mm-hmm. where it was one of those things where like, yes, Zarya is talking about texting Nate, but she is also flirting very heavily with Charlie. Yeah. Where Maisie has like said Charlie is pan and she's flirty. So it is completely like they do discuss these sorts of things with each other. Yeah. And make these decisions. And I think it's adorable that Zari and Charlie can like flirt with each other and also be totally fine with hooking up with other people. Yeah. Or starting like a more something more serious with other people. Like, because that's this team. They're all together. Like, it's also like as we discussed, like Zari is a bit different because everybody else at like on this team is either an OC or only like tangentially related to continuity. Yes. So they can get away with, or they're already canonically queer in like John's case. So they can get away with more, but like with Zari, especially like, as we pointed out, not to tinfoil hat too hard, but like with Shazam movie coming out and her connections to black Adam, like however tangentially she's still that character. And so they probably have to play it safe with her in a way that they don't I mean, and that's the thing is people else. have been like, is our Charlie and Zari flirting? Is Charlie asking Zari, are you straight? Is that queer baiting? And the answer is no. No. The answer is no, because Tala and Maisie have a very clear intent with that. And because the show has done enough where it has not queer baited, yep. where it has delivered on these relationships it's fully. doing the best it can. That, and, and you know, I, I think that we have not given Legends the benefit of the doubt where it does not owe the benefit of the doubt. So for us to sort of say like, yes, I think this is them sort of testing the waters and doing and also saying like, yes, we see that fans see Zari as an LGBT person. And we do want to give you some acknowledgement of that Yeah, because you know, we appreciate you. You're our fan base. And like this character means a lot to sapphic people. people. Yeah. Like it's a sort of thing where also I, you know, sometimes people are like, and I, sometimes I do think it's fair the creators aren't pushing hard enough or trying hard enough and they could be trying harder to include more representation of like queer people and people of color. And then sometimes I think about also how Rebecca Sugar had to threaten to like leave Steven Universe because they were really fighting her on having Ruby and Sapphire get married. Like she had to be like, I'll walk then. So even in shows that have rep, it's not like, it's not like a decision. Like they might want to do something and the network really will not let them allow it. That's not always a cop out. That's just how TV works. And the thing about legends is the guy, the, the ultimate sort of call on legends is the guy who's been trying to kill Nightwing for 16 years because women like him. I can't believe he's been in Yeah. So Phil, if you need us to handle Dan Didio so we can move forward as a show, just let us know. Just, Just send me a carrier pigeon. I will do it for free. Your soul shall find mine. Yeah, no. The debt, the debt will be paid. Like, you know how a unicorn brings you a sword if you're chosen to be a holy warrior? Yeah. Just just let it happen. Go for it, We'll man. do it. We'll do it for you, buddy. We'll do it for free. I... We'll do it. We, we, oh, the other, the other thing we talked about in the last episode is comic book creators who I would just body on site. Yeah. And yep. Dan Didio is, like, pushing it. I don't think he's my number one. Like, Garth Ennis is the one where, if, like, if I saw Nick him... Nick Spencer is my number Nick one. Nick Spencer is also... Because, like, I keep forgetting how awful he is. Because, but, like, Garth Ennis yeah, is so bad. Yeah, because I kind of tried to bury him. Yeah. And, like, Nick Spencer was... Uh, Nick Spencer is really shit. But, yeah, because I really did try to bury him after everybody was like, wow. Like, 
thing went over really badly. Yeah. Wow. Then, who could have thunk? But wow. Like, and then Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Basically. Oh God. But like it was the sort of thing where it's a time paradox. Um. But like Garth Ennis was like personally like I can still remember the the fear and panic and humiliation and pain I felt when I was reading Boys and Barnes Purple and being like I feel horrible for having been forced to experience this because I had no clue that this was going to happen and you are a bastard asshole. Yeah, Garth so, like, yeah, I would body him on sight. The, the thing about Garth Dennis is he really hates He doesn't Superman. like Superman and you cannot he, trust people who don't like he Superman. He really hates Superman. And, and he so, doesn't just think he's too OP or whatever. Like, he has this weird, like, he hates Superman the way that, like, Uber Gators hate Anita Sarkeesian. Like, he hates him. Scone? <laughs> Oh no, am I gonna And so what I'm saying is like I know Brandon probably doesn't believe in physical violence, etc. etc. Et okay. But he doesn't he's he's saying all these bad things about Superman and he is disillusioning and the youth. He writes horrible triggering. He writes horrible triggering, nasty content. Nasty content. So yeah, and, 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 and Nick Spencer just aids in and Brandon, Nazis, so. and Brandon, you could essentially body any comic book creator and be just, morally just. Just by so. looking at like and that's the thing where I'm like, I could, yeah, I don't need to work hard to take down Garth Ennis. I can bench press like 200 pounds. It's fine. Um. <laughs> My favorite thing about Ari is that any is that any time we discuss the scene or look at the scene where Nick Zano is lifting, where Nate is lifting in gay <laughs> jealousy, jealousy, in gay jealousy heritage moments. It's so um, good. Ari is immediately like, oh shit, I got to do some reps. It's so good because, because they don't it just want, reminds me I need to exercise. They don't want Nick to get um <laughs> get any fucking idea. Get a, to get too secure. Yeah, no, I get want too secure up I in there. Stay complicit. But, but like, what my, I'm saying is, Ray. I actually now that it reminds me because like John had a lot of like weird gay jealousy moments around Ray this episode where like Nora was being nice to Ray or like the gay Ray jealousy was, this episode was the chef's kiss. So good. Because let me discuss. So mad. First of all, John was so mad. Like when Ray is like. Well, Nora doesn't use her stuff as an excuse, and John is just like, I guess this is what Taylor Swift was talking about. Uh-huh. And and this leads us to our next thing, which is um, Legends of Tomorrow, you really gotta stop bringing up alcoholism if you're not gonna follow I through on it. I am begging you on my hands and fucking knees. Because the thing, about, the thing about that is, like, this show has been so good about establishing how much this team loves and supports each other. And then they do that. that. When somebody makes even a passing comment about someone being an alcoholic, it's like, no, if people on this team thought this character actually was an alcoholic, they would do something. Yeah. And so for them to just say something about it in passing is like... It's very weird. We don't want to think of these characters as like not caring about this thing past making a remark about it. Or bullying them incessantly over until they leave. So... Forever. Um, I'm paradox, but, uh, it's the sort of thing where it's just so fucking, like, it was, it was really kind of, it was out of place too. So we're just like, why, why are we doing this? Why does this need to be done? I'm, anything else, please? Anything? please. please. And, and it was it, like, cause at the, on the one hand it was like, it is very, very good to have Ray say like, Nora isn't a liability. She's a survivor. And to have, you know, when I did the um, LGBT in comics, um, what, what would you even call it? Lecture? Yeah, it's yeah, a lecture. presentation, lecture, it, whatever. It's, yeah, whatever lecture. You, like. you know, one of the things I ask the teens TM is like, how many of you sort of got into comics because you looked at these characters and were like, this is a person who will stand up for me if I am in trouble. Yeah. And a lot of people, and like, yeah, that's, that's a big thing for a lot of LGBT people and a, a lot of traumatized people. Um, <laughs> 
Well, the two often go together. Yeah. I wonder it's, why. It's, America. And it's like, as much as I just gave DC a ton of shit, it's why it meant a lot to me. I remember when we did a comic for Pulse and they had like Superman on the front cover where mm. I was like, yeah, you cannot have picked a better character and, and the thing about, you know, Ray saying to Nora, you're a survivor. The thing about him saying to Nate, you're the reason, like, you made you your made dad Hank a good, good person. Not Hank redeemed like, himself. You are, you are the light here. You are a good person. Is, you know... There's something profoundly sad about that being a happy thing at the same where the idea of like, you finally did it. You broke through all those when your parents, when you were like, someday I will be good enough and smart enough and I will be whatever they need me to be enough that they're not going to be the way they are and they will be nice to me and it'll all be okay. And like the fact that it worked, even though it doesn't really work in real life, is like one of those things where it's like it wasn't so much frustrating as it was just also just deeply sad. Then because yeah. he was like, yeah, my dad was a legend. I'm like, Nate, your dad abused you. But also, like, I get it. Because I mean, yeah, need when your to. parent dies, I know people who have essentially said things about their parents where you're like, given the context clues about this, you had a very bad, if not just neglectful, outright really abusive these- parent. Yeah. And because they died sort of suddenly, you are forced no to reevaluate everything. In a way where you, you know, you don't really get a fair shot at Being addressing like, yeah, fuck it. these guys. You don't have that chance to go, actually, I'm not going to forgive them because you're, you, you, you know, it's that stunted growth, especially like when you lose them suddenly yeah. like that. Like you don't really get a chance to be like, huh, actually, I fucking hate this. Because there's also something, especially when you're a good person and that person suddenly, the you know, your parent who was not a good parent suddenly dies. You as a good person... Or also, like, I don't want to be throwing around accusations because they're not here to defend themselves. Yeah. Like, and it never matters that they didn't give you a chance to defend yourself. Yep. You're like, that's not right. You still want to play by the rules, and that is the hardest part. Like, you don't want to be the kind of person they were, but also at the same time, that means that they are impossible to deal with. But it is better that way. Like, as horrible as that's, it's, it's better to not sink to their level. It really is. And just the thing about Ray, you know, being so supportive of his friends who have bad parents and, like, his mom was a bad, bad parent, too. Yeah, like, they don't uh, really talk about it much, but, like, I know she was doing her best, but she's also kind of, like, resentful and neglectful at the same time, yeah. so it's like, oh, boy. And it's one of those things where, like, we also do all as a public still very much see Brandon Routh as, like, Superman. Yeah. And I think that the show He's is aware of it. And I think... <laughs> please don't ruin the sentiment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and I think the show's aware of it, and I think Brandon is aware of it, and I think they are very much, again, like, always willing to give this wish fulfillment to survivors, or even people who are still in abusive situations. Who are still struggling. You know, they are, Legends is always willing to put, again, the face of their, you know, show, and the face of a much larger superhero narrative, um, on the forefront of, like, you are still good and valid, even after this stuff has happened to you. Even after you might have done bad things in your situation. Yeah. You are still a survivor, and you yeah. should be proud of yourself. And that's really good. It is so goddamn sad. It is, it is really, it is really good and unwholesome. And, like, we just saw a lot of, you know, when Nate um, gets really mad when he does the Brooklyn Rage... And I just want to mention a couple things about Nick Sano. 
One, he's been wearing like suits sort of casually because he works at the Time Bureau now. He keeps pushing up his sleeves. And like his forearms are so good. I don't even know what it is that makes them so good. It's horrible. But I'm just like, oh my God, I love this. It's really stressful. And I just, oh God. Like roll your fucking sleeves down, asshole. I've got a job to do. (laughs) Please, God. You are in my goddamn way. It is just, I, I don't, I, I'm going to call it emotional terrorism because that's what it is. Yeah. And when he goes in to yell at Neuron and he's like really mad. So good. So good. Oh. Full of fury. I'm like, I want to mention there's never not a time when we're not like, wow, Maisie is the most attractive human being of all time. There's never a time we're not like, wow, Tala is the most gorgeous. There's never a, not a time when we're not like, wow, Brandon and Courtney are, the, are bisexual. Goals, hashtag. But, it is but like, the thing about Nick Zano is it's one of those Italian. things where it's like, God, He's a Guido. shouldn't we know better? Yeah. No, Nick Zano, Nick Zano is the desire demon of this fucking show where it's like, I should know better than whatever the fuck this is. Like, I truly hate that I don't, um, you know, this is, this is, this <laughs> he is. He shrunk Brandon's jeans because he can't do laundry and still. He's, he's <laughs> my, he's my fucking mamma mia. Um, <laughs> If he brings it, he's just like, what the fuck are these? <laughs> Phil, what the fuck are these? He's so upset. It feels like I they're... assume he just goes into fight or flight mode when, like, confronted with laundry or dishes that need washing. <laughs> or anything. I still have the Swedish thing because that was really... I think that was very clever of us. No. I... I think that was very clever and comedic of us. I, I, we do try. We do, you know, hear it, hear it, whatever the fuck um, this podcast is. We are trying really hard. I know we also expressed a lot of... I want to just say something, and that is, people who hate Mona have never experienced joy, joy in their a lives. Joy in their lives, and I, and are I bitter, am coming horrible, for you. And are bitter, horrible, and yeah, they're sexist and racist people. Yeah. And I love saying that because then they get really defensive, like, no, I'm not, I just think she's annoying. And I'm like, no. Sorry that you hate, like, fun and joy and You know, like, I'm sorry. Because, like, honestly, male fans were annoyed by Zari last season, too, because they weren't, like, she was either too powerful or not powerful enough. And my point is, I don't know why cis straight men are watching Legends. Yeah, honestly. Like, um, I feel like I guess that was some sort of, because the kind of people who are going to watch a show and complain about it are the kind of people who feel like obligated to watch every single nerd property, even the ones they don't like, just because like they have to be the completionist fan. And I'm just like, buddy. Hope you fucking enjoyed Endgame, you goddamn idiot. Yeah, like that. And I'm also like, yeah, these are the kind of people who like watch Arrow, but then like force themselves to watch Legends, even though it's like, first off, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make someone watch, like, Kiefer Sutherland on 24 would not make someone watch Arrow. Like, and they, <laughs> they did a lot of pretty bad things. <laughs> oh, wow, that is also a reference that I'm just like, that's incredibly dated. Holy shit. Yeah, my grandfather, like, 24, and he died in 2007. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I really hate that so much. Thanks so much. I didn't think there was a way to make that worse, and you found it. <laughs> You're welcome. You definitely it's, it's found a special, it. It's a, my other talent <laughs> is just managing to make things their absolute worst. <laughs> I still love you. It's okay. But it is like um, something where I, I don't know. I guess they watch it because they feel obligated to watch all these shows because they're all nerd properties. And, I'm like, and this then is all they do. Their identity off and this, and this is, is so the dangerous. thing is they don't like Felicity and they don't really like Laurel either and they don't like Iris and they don't like Super. And I'm like, could you guys just, just go already? Could you? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go outside and I want you to take a big deep breath and I want you to join a board game group and I want you to go and I want you to just listen. I just want you to learn to listen to other people and it's going to be great for you. And I don't mean this, I just, I want you to enjoy something. People like this, I do, I true, I wish 
nothing but the best for you. Well, I, if you can be a decent person, I wish you nothing but the best. And I really do wish you would maybe calm the fuck down and maybe just like, this is the problem with basing your identity on consuming nerd content or any kind of content. Like, and I never then you feel obligated this- to consume stuff you hate. But I mean, like, that's the thing is, I'm like, I watch these shows, but and I, but like, I don't consider. No, my... I literally only watch Legends. Yeah, well, and... I mean, I watch like superhero stuff. I'm playing a video game as we are doing this, but I don't really, I don't. I mean, use I'm... gamer cult like I, I don't. Conf- gamer I don't is use, a slur. Gamer is a slur. But like, it is one of those things where it's like I don't use that as my main identity. And smart people have those are gorgeous. I made the rings. They look very nice. They are. They're really. They are perfect. Um, but like, smart people have pointed out that like a lot of times gamers and nerds and stuff use this identity because they don't know how to cope with like modern identity politics. And as like white cis dudes, they've never had to cope with an identity outside of the norms. So and then they cling to the idea of being like a gamer because that's like the same thing to them as being gay. And it's like you know, so that's where we get the gamers' rights and gamers' oppression and stupid. I wish tribal ga- mentality. I shit. wish gamers were oppressed more. Yeah, same. So like it is, and so like that's the problem you have with people like that. And I mean, like this is a long way, to, but it's like yeah, if you don't like Mona, you should take a good, hard, long look at why. You don't necessarily have to like every single female character, every single, but you have to, you- at the very least, think about your thoughts and actions and the way that you are doing shit. Your actions have, have consequences. consequences. And your thoughts do not occur in a vacuum. That doesn't mean that sometimes they might not be, like, a thing, and, like, you might have some very valid reasons for not being interested in a character, but, like, you have to make sure, and you have to be you, you honest. Really, you better watch out. You, you better, better watch, watch out. out. That's what I sing before. Santa Claus is calling you out. <laughs> that's that's what we sing before we come to your house and burn it down for not liking Mona. Yeah, that's fair. Well, like, and I'm like, and you can you can not like other characters except for Mona. Then you can just you do can. All. I mean, here's the thing, is, and that's again one of those things where I'm like, if you don't like, I even Gary can be a little. Gary can be a bit much just because it's like sometimes they do. Mona saying fandom stuff is a lot more cute and endearing to me than Gary saying it, quite honestly. I think it's, yeah. it's Also because Mona isn't out and proud for a bag. Yeah. The fact that this episode, Zari literally fucking said to Mick and Mona, shut up fur bags. Like, essentially. So, so, The persecution. Also, he could have just become a Grey Warden. This is one of those things that still bugs me. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I just said persecution? Yeah, now. Well, oh, right, because that's what we talked about in the last, last yes. episode. That's a word I, like, love and hate in equal measure. It's so and exciting. And also, I love how Mick said, like, love's love. Like, I was married <laughs> for 25 <laughs> years to a man. I also love, I like, I'm like, hey, fellas, is it is it homophobic to sit there and tell Zari that um, all forms of love are cool Bella and that you gay. will not, and that being a furry is okay and also being gay is okay and both is also totally fine? Yeah. The homophobia. The homophobia. The home of phone. Can't, can't, can't believe that my <laughs> married to a man. Yeah, that's the only way. That's like, the only way to be a true homophobe it, is to marry another it, man. Yeah. The, the, the. Fucking forehead touch between Ray and Nate this episode because when two men of their size and character in fiction usually get mad at each other, it would be one of those things where Nate maybe feels like masculinely guilty, but like Ray sort of stays away from him and they like give each other space and like. Yeah, they know it wasn't him, but they both sort of have to go off to separate sides. He does like the goddamn like the fucking Pacific Rim forehead touch. Yeah, they literally. They literally, instead of going apart after being, you know, getting involved in that, because Ray literally saves him from this demon. Yeah. And instead of, you know, breaking apart and doing, like, the man thing, they come really close together. 
And, you know, Nate, even when they're not touching foreheads, has his hand on, like, Ray's neck, and Ray has, like, his hands on his shoulders. Yeah. And he's, like, very reassuring. He's, like, I know it wasn't you. Like, I know. And it was just, it was extremely intimate in a way that was really, really sweet and very good to see. And again, like, as we say every time, like, no, they're not, Legends is not single-handedly the least problematic show of all time, ending the patriarchy because, you know, Steel Adam and even Mick make really sort of nice, kind choices. But it is nice to see, and I like to see it continue. Yeah. And it's very good, because it's, again, it's also... Oh, you said Mick was Wolverine. <laughs> but he's basically just yeah, this finally Mick, reached Mick's his logical peak. Yeah, he's he's basically a Wolverine. Um, like, in terms of having, like, these three young adult women just hanging out and being slightly horny in his direction. And it's so good. I mean, the best thing about Mona being all up in Zari's space this week is that if she had gotten all up in Mick's space... Um, he would have jumped out into the time stream. And so, yeah. and so she had to be all up in Zari because Mick refused to let her sit on his lap. Yeah, no, he's ready. He's ready to just end it. Okay. End my life. End. Club Club Penguin shouldn't have died. It should have been me. Mick Rory. <laughs> I was Neopets, not, not, oh, right. I was never on Club Penguin. I'm, I think I'm too old. My sister I was, was on I Club was, Penguin. Club Penguin was like in sixth grade, but no, I did Neopets because I was older. Oh, yeah. right. This is now I have to go and not be able to just straight up fucking fight Dorian's dad in the pit. Still mad. Still mad. Still I will mad. pay. Why <laughs> gather the point of antagonist is Dorian's dad? As it is. Um, I'm still really disappointed that they weren't just weekend at Bernie's him the entire fucking DLC of Trespasser, though, with such a better storyline. No one wants him to go back to Chaventure, so like, we'll just pretend your dad's alive. We'll do it. It's, it's going to be necromancy. It's going to be great. Necromancy is sexy and cool. And we uh, learned that. literally in, a necromancer. And we learned so that in this week's Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, right. When did we have that? Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think we should probably start talking because we actually have managed to fill an hour of time somehow. That's fair. I think that's honestly just a tribute to our fucking innate talent to never shut the fuck never up. Never shut the fuck up. On good terms, I am ass deep in him all the time, but thank you so much. Um, oh, fuck I recognize that doesn't. That's that, Nate introducing Mick to his dad. Yeah, that's fair. Oh God, I realize I have to cut up. This. I'll do it tomorrow. You have to cut out the what? The stencils for the painting of the bottoms of the. Okay, yeah, no, that's They're, totally fine. No, I, but I can do them tomorrow. It's not like the yeah. end of the world. I'm just like, oh, more to do tomorrow. Fuck. But, yeah, um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to bed until I have pretty much. A, like, there's so much more I want to do for Inigo that I'm not going to go to bed until I finish. But whatever. That's not good. It's fine. No, not fine. You should, I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, pace yourself. You don't want to get, like, you don't want it to be a bad thing. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. But we were actually, we had a really interesting sort of discussion about Ray, finding out that Ray has Neuron inside of him now. Yeah. Because you mentioned that Pop Goes the Weasel was a very interesting rhyme to choose because it's a very earwormy. Yeah, it's very earwormy. It's very, it's like, it's an annoying one. It's one of those ones that kind of just makes you like, oh my God, shut the fuck up about it. And like, that's good. That's what you want. It's that kind of like in your ear haranguing. Like that works for a demon of petty anger. I also do like the Neuron is like a demon of soul darkness, soul crushing chaos. Like he's just like a, petty asshole mm-hmm. like that's fun that's interesting i also before we get into this into ray being possessed i do want to mention that des breaking up with john to me truly was like john like wow des the love of my life i'll never have another person who understands me like this 
wait just a tick, do you know what this means? I'm single again. And does the full Austin Powers naked montage. Yeah. Well, everybody else is like, wow, you were a fucking car crash. You were a fucking car crash. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I mean, it wasn't genuinely, it's one of those things where I was legitimately like, oh, right, we sent Des to hell. Like, I had, I'm just like, Des, that happened like six episodes ago. You cannot expect Oh my him to God, be are you still mad about I'm that? I'm still mad about that because this is not a show that holds on to things past like a couple of episodes. So let's not maybe hold it against him that he's sending you to hell, please. Like, I mean, I really am interested to see if they're gonna, like, get back together or they're just gonna be like, fuck it. I don't know if we can afford to have another actor for the rest of the season. No. So that... I didn't mean, I meant, like, it's like a season finale thing, like, Des comes back and John's like, I miss you so much, and then they just walk off the sunset together kind of thing. It depends on, I guess, whether or not John's gonna stay or leave. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And so with Ray, it's one of those things where, one... Nora, like, sort of blasted Neron with her own kind of power. And um, I don't really know what that... I don't know why that knocked her out. She might have used too much energy. I, I think it was also coming from, like, in context of, like, it's her power, but she also just slap it up against a giant, like, a yeah. demon energy. So the blowback might have been a lot. That's very... And also, but... she was trying to, like, I would assume that also because, like, since Ray suddenly got involved, it was like, you know how, like, you pull your punch... Yeah. And you, like, then it means, like, you, you whiff and you end yeah. up hurting yourself more because you whiff. Yeah. It was probably more to do with that, honestly. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, yes, they, the demon has to be, the vessel has to be willing for the demon, but the thing with Ray... I they forgot that calm. I'm not sure if they forgot Ray. it, but the thing is, it seems like kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing with Ray, where, like, I think he is going to know in the next episode that he's possessed, but not always be possessed. And it's one of those things where, like, he probably had the willingness to do whatever it takes to protect Nora. Yeah. That's but that's not enough. Yeah, it's like a, it's a wiggle. So, like, that's the wiggle room that's going to help him. Yeah, because, get of the course, demon. a demon's not going to play fair. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too, is I'm like, no demons that, like, because it's like, there are rules. This is bowling. There are rules. So they do have to have some sort of rule. But it's like, Ray, Ray was enough that he could possess him, but, like, not enough that it's, like, perfect possession sort of thing yep so when he's tying his shoe and the black dog barks at him and i'm immediately like one one, you're the one chosen by the master the goddamn scooby-doo parody they do in episode in the second season the venture brothers which is buck wild because they all because the real scooby-doo characters also exist exist. in that universe because they're all talking about velma Uh which means that like did dr venture just i mean i guess they hadn't decided that that happens but the idea that dr venture sees him and is just like oh fuck you. Yeah, I love. I do. And I the other thing is, like, especially because this show, you know, sort of did a little bit of a thing with serial killers and Ava's and Murderino and all of that stuff. Where I'm like, did they pick a black dog specifically to bark at Ray because, like, of a son of Sam? Like, yeah. evil is a foot reference. Black dogs are like. I mean, anybody who black is, dog, yeah, like the black shock kind of thing. Anybody like who's brand. read Harry Potter is like, oh, a black dog the is a bad of omen. Bells, yeah. And although and, black dogs can sometimes be very helpful, yes, so like help lost travelers find their way home. So it yes. really depends on the myth. And you know, Joanne actually was correct about that when black dogs um, in the mist are like omens of death or demons, or someone just lost their dog, or someone lost their dog. You should just help the dog get home. I mean, Jesus. And also, you have, like, the god, like, you have Cerberus and all of that, etc. You know, dogs in the underworld are kind of, black dogs specifically, and the underworld are linked. Are all things. 
What's interesting about that is it was really kind of exciting watching Brandon turn around and like he's and not even are. smiling. He's not being he's like campy about it when smug. he could be. He just looks really you're right, he just looks very smug and satisfied. And you're like, Oh, oh. yeah. It's <laughs> Daddy, the, no. It's the smug satisfaction rather than hamming it up that just made it so concerning. I'm just like, oh, and I it's don't. one of those things where because, you and know, unsubscribe to this newsletter. Courtney played a vessel last season and I think also did it in a lot of ways where she made very interesting choices with how she chose to be possessed in certain places. Yeah. I'm very interested to see if Brandon is like, and this is just a tribute to how my wife did this last season. Which would be so cute. Which is, which so is adorable. Classic, classic them. That would be adorable. Listen, once Mona found out Nora was in a coma, she f- fled down yeah. immediately, ukulele in hand, book of songs to sing to your loved one who is in a coma so that you may wake them with your love. Um, Written by Ray Palmer. Because she, because she is part dog now, um, every time oh. she is around Ray... She did you just howl you goddamn fur back? Well, you said dog, and I was just like, you know, <laughs> you know. Well, also because like dogs will actually howl if they like enjoy the music. Yeah, doesn't mean they don't like it. So like my dad would play the harmonica, and my dog would go, Ooh, and I was always like worried she would like stress out about it. But like no, she just like, oh, we're making mouth noises. It's like, like that's tight I can't, as fuck. I can't get Bo or Lulu to do that. No. They don't like to sing. They're very well. The, the, Lulu, I think, would probably find it beneath her, and I don't think Bo. Understand I don't think the one with the bell can read. <laughs> that's that's very true. Bo and Lulu are my parents' dogs. They're, They're Japanese chins. Too. I love them more than anything, but they are so fucking stupid. They are. They are. They are. The, like it's like they, they, once once you start breeding that small, it's like oh geez. oh no, why did we do this? Oh god! Like remember how this is this is technically like a wolf or was do you a think wolf? wolves look at little toy dogs? Like because I love toy dogs. I think they're yeah. adorable because. Like me, I think they the, just go mm, delicious. Like because, like me, toy dogs are really small and just full and full of and full, full of, of Satan, Satan's love. <laughs> closer <laughs> to the ground, closer to hell, as they say. <laughs> it's totally fine. I was just I was just thinking now about an episode where they're all dogs and Ray is like a big Great Dane and Mona is like a little toy poodle, and she has to stand on his back. She is absolutely Pomeranian because she's missile, not Pomeranian. Yes, um, you're you're absolutely correct, and I am. Incorrect. I love Pomeranian. So what much would so. what would Nora be? Nora would be. Um, have you seen that? You've we've seen. I've shown you that comic of like the little kitten who. Yeah, I want to say he'd be a cane corso. Who gets the? They adopt like an older German Shepherd who's like a retired service dog. That's really cute. And I, that author has not milkshake ducked yet. You probably will at some point, but until then, until then, that is fine. literally just Mick with every single fucking legend. He is uh-huh. so exhausted, He's so fucking tired, and they are so fucking small. And, and they climb. Mick over would probably just be some kind of back. mastiff mutt. Yeah, like just like a, a black, uh, black mouth cur. Yep. That's a very that's a specific breed, but there you go. They did it on on the PBS Kids show Odd Squad, which is just excellent television. They actually do an episode where they all get turned into puppies. That's adorable! And it's just, like, close-ups of the puppies, and then they dub their voices in. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like it cost... It's PBS! It couldn't have cost that much money. We can do this. Yeah, no, we've got to be able to do this. Um, We, uh, you know, I know that Zari Cat couldn't... I mean, she spoke cat, 
But yeah. let's just let's just go the extra mile next time and just dub everyone badly over a dog. Yeah, like fuck it, you know, go for it. I'm not a cop. That would be so much fun. That would be absolutely adorable. That would be fun. That's that's I think that's I think that's my end my, my pitch to round out the episode is yeah, I want an episode where they're all dogs for some reason. Yeah. Um, I think goosebump style. Uh that And I think at the end of the Odd Squad one, it's like because Odd Squad is like sort of a they have some continuity. But they also have a lot of, like, slice of... So, like, they're still puppies at the end of the episode. Yeah. And, like, you know they'll be fine by the next one, but, like... Yeah, it's cartoon continuity. Yeah, exact. That's exactly what it is. Where I'm like, we could do the same thing with Legends. We don't have to... They could all be dogs still at the end of the episode, not know how to figure it out. And that next episode is totally fine. And also, if you don't think the cast wants a day where they can just come in and record voice work, because the role was a dog the whole time. Yeah. I think the problem is, as I will say this, like, as much as PBS is, like, doesn't have a lot of money, I'm like, where are we going to get an animal trainer at this hour? I think is our our big, our big problem. I mean... I think so, Brain, but where are we going to find an animal trainer at this hour? They've all worked with a cat at this point. That's so. true. So you've got to know someone who has a couple of dogs. Um, but yeah, I love I love doing like characters as dog breeds things. It's always really fun. Not my favorite. My favorite is still doing like characters and like what Pokemon teams they have. But I haven't been able to do any recently. Sword and Shield are coming out so soon that's like I don't want to make teams yet because then I'll have to like readjust. Them what? Sword it's and Viva La Vida in my head every goddamn time. Yeah, no, every thanks. Do you think um, do you think Pokemon knew? Do you think do you I think mean, Doug I, Bowser I think, is aware? I mean, I think the thing that uh, probably, but I think the thing that haunts me the most about it is like the Sword and Shield logos both have wolves on them. And I'm just like, oh, if the legends of this season, the legends of this gen are like wolves, people are going to die. It's there's going to be rioting and shit. <laughs> there's gonna people are there's gonna oh boy. You are not ready. No, people are gonna. I cannot wait to see how many fur bags are gonna be like. Okay, this this twenty foot tall wolf demon legendary is just absolutely massive. I'm gonna figure out some way to draw it with a donger that can fit me. And it's like I hate this fandom. Thank God! Thank God! Thank, <laughs> thank God! Thank God! God. Someone's fighting. Someone's fighting the good fucking fight. I can't. If if Mona, if in season five there is not a part of Mona's plot that heavily incorporates. The fact that she wants to fuck the wolf legendary that we're from, probably getting that we're probably getting from Sword and Shield, and that she has fan art of it, and you have to pay the fan artists if you use the fan art, especially fan if it's a horny kind. But it's especially yeah. I but mean, this needs to be a very a very crucial part of her character arc in I season know. five. I, I also just am like, oh god. Okay, I, I, I don't I don't want to hear any goddamn excuses. I'm so tired. Okay, next week, um, what is happening we have to, Ray. Ray is oh, right. Ray and Neron go on the buddy comedy adventure. Ray's son of Sam for a little bit. Um, so God, no. Here's here's the last thing is that I saw Brandon was tweeting with the episode, and first of all, I mentioned last ep- in the last episode. The time that Joey's voice actor, and this was 10 years ago, oh God, said that his right, favorite line about. was Brooklyn Rage. And the fact that, that little Karibo did not just leave the internet and move to space. Uh-huh. But it was a huge deal because stuff like Brandon was live tweeting or the cast is live tweeting and you go to meet them at like cons like a lot. That wasn't a thing. That wasn't a thing. There was no real like actor involvement with any online content. Well not even just it was like a specific because like yeah you yeah. had like conventions and stuff where they would be like paid to show up but like actors not only referencing like on the but like 
fan content online, it was the first time where that had really happened in such a major way. And God, it was immensely distressing. I remember like when it happened, like it's one of those things where it's like, where were you when? Like it, it was a big thing in like early 06 anime fandom because it was, I think for a lot of us, our first like seeing content creators interacting with fandom in a way that was like positive and not like really nasty and unnecessary. Um, and that was really good and I appreciated it. So, so yeah, I saw Brandon tweeting and I was like, I almost want to ask him like, hey, the scene where we find out, find out like, what the fuck was that voice? The scene where we find out Ray is possessed was really well acted and interesting. Was there a direct Son of Sam illusion there with the choice of a black dog? But then I was like, I was like, I never want to speak to Brandon Routh, America's sweetheart, about any kind of serial killer. Don't want to talk to him about David Berkowitz. Don't even want him to know that serial killers are a thing. And I know what you're thinking. He's from Iowa. He's from the American Windwood. He doesn't have to know. He doesn't have to know. So I I really... There's got to be some big... But I thought it was like mostly the Pacific Northwest. I mean, they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere, yes. But I'm like, I'm trying to think if there's anyone big from Iowa I think of. Uh, you know, always nope. I'm not gonna say any. Wish him right into the fucking cornfield instead. The, oh god, so much porn. So much porn. Trying to. Okay, we're clearly hitting the yeah, manic we're, phase. Yeah, we're hitting like, the manic phase. I'm tired. Ray, Ray Demon, Ray Demon, Ray Demon, Helen Egg, uh, Helen Egg. Oh right, that's the Helen Egg. If Nathan's Zari don't talk about Amaya, even though they're drinking her fucking rum, I'm gonna I'm go to. to uh, end it. I'm gonna kick Phil's door in like that vine of Big Bird. <laughs> and I'm gonna chainsaw his kitchen table in half. No, Big Bird would never. Okay. Big fucking good night, every. This is gonna get like two seconds of editing. Yeah. You're gonna get every fucking pause. Yeah, sorry, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night.